I think if you look at kind of the trajectory of like where movies and TV shows have been going, we can see that there's kind of more of a fascination with, with kind of the gore, the blood, the, the violence. We can kind of see that in, in increasing what, you know, at one point would have not been allowed to be shown on TV. It kind of progressively gets worse and worse and worse, right? There's this kind of fascination with that. I think if we applied that kind of trajectory to the scriptures, the second book of Maccabees that we heard as the first reading would kind of be at the, the violent end of that. It's probably one of the most gruesome, most violent books in, in, in the entirety of the scriptures. What we heard today was a very small snippet of a much bigger, much more gruesome t- story of the persecution of the Jewish people. See, what happens in the book of Maccabees is that the Greeks kind of take over the known world, the, the Mediterranean area, and what they do is that they force all the people that they conquer to abandon their own religion, abandon their own custom, abandon their own traditions, abandon everything, and follow what they do. Everyone follows the religion of the Greeks, the, the, the traditions of the Greeks, the custom of the Greeks. So that means the Jewish people weren't allowed to follow their own laws. They weren't allowed to, to, to worship at the temple. They weren't allowed to read the Torah or even have the Torah. Anyone who was caught doing those kinds of things was killed without question. That was kind of the, the Greeks' way of kind of showing their power over all the people. And so there are many Jews who kind of just gave up. They acquiesced. They kind of abandoned their, the way, their way of living, and they did what the, what the Greeks would have would wanted them to do. There are many Jews who, who resisted, who held fast to their, to their traditions. They held fast to Yahweh, to the promises, to the covenant. They held fast to their, their entire way of life and were persecuted. There was lots of violence and tension. It would eventually lead to a revolt. The story we hear today is just one of many examples of, of persecution that a lot of the Jewish people went under um, un- under this time period. And so this story we get is it's, it's only six verses of a much broader chapter um, kind of, that kind of skirts around the more gruesome verses just for the sake of audience, I suppose. Um, there, there's these seven brothers that the king takes, and kind of to make a symbol of them to the Jewish people, he, he wants them to eat pork, to sacrifice to, to their gods, and kind of to, to show the other Greeks, kind of make like a, a figurehead of these people. But each brother holds fast to, to the Jewish way of life. To hold, they hold fast to Yahweh and they hold fast to God. They said we would rather die than transgress these laws, right? And so one by one, the king challenges them. They refuse, and so he violently kills them. He cuts off their hands, cuts off their feet, cuts out their tongue, scalps them, and eventually kills them. One by one by one. And each brother holds fast. They they say things like, the Lord, he's watching over us. The king of the universe is going to raise us up to an everlasting life. When one of the, we heard in in the reading today, one of the brothers, the king is threatening to cut off his hands, and he puts out his hands and he says, I got these from heaven. Because of, of, of heaven, I forsake them, and I hope, and I have hope that I'm going to get them back on the last day. And the king initially, he initially gets infuriated. He's, he's angry because the people aren't listening. They're disobeying him. But eventually, he's just kind of astonished. Because it says, he says, they regarded their sufferings as nothing. And if he kind of thought they were mocking them, in a sense, he, and he, what he realized was that no matter how much power he tried to exercise over them, what it revealed was just how powerless he actually was. No matter what he did to come at these men, it wasn't working. They had their hope somewhere else. No matter how much he tried, 
he, could, he had no power over them. And so he, they kill all the six of the seven brothers, and he gets to the last brother. And what the king does, he goes to the mother. The, their mother's there watching all of this, and she's encouraging them. As each of her, he, she watches each of her sons get killed, and she's encouraging them in what they're doing. Hold fast. And he talks to the mother, and he says, yeah, there's one son left. He just has to eat a little pork, and he's going to live. Like, go and convince him to eat some pork, and your son's going to live. You'll have one son left. And she, he eventually persuades her to go and do that. And so the mother goes up to her son, and she speaks in the Hebrew language so that the king couldn't understand him, couldn't understand what they were saying, and she says, don't listen to him. Hold fast to what you're doing. God is going to reward you. Show yourself worthy like the rest of your brothers did. And so she comes back, and she tells the king, okay, I talked to him. And then, obviously, he holds fast. He gives himself up to death, and he's killed. And just kind of out of, out of desperation, out of, you know, he had no one, nothing left to do, he kills the mother as well. And the, king, the story kind of resolves with this king, and, and, all, and he, in a sense he won, he killed them all, but in a sense he was, he sh- it revealed just how powerless he actually was. And in total confidence, each of those men and their mother gave up their lives for the Lord. I think we hear stories like that, and we admire the faith of these people, right? We admire the courage. We hear stories of saints like St. Maximilian Kolbe, who when he was in the concentration camp, a man was chosen to, at random to be killed, and Maximilian Kolbe steps forward and says, no, this man has a wife and a family. Kill me instead. We hear stories like Blessed Miguel Pro and St. Jose del Rio. There were, there were saints who were martyred in Mexico for the faith. Two examples that were just from less than 100 years ago. We hear stories of Christians being murdered in the Middle East for their faith right now, realizing that these stories of martyrdom aren't just things confined to the past, but they continue to happen throughout the centuries and are still happening today. And we hear those stories, and we admire that, and we think, would I be able to do that? Is that would I be able to give up my life if I was kind of put in that position? Which is a good question to ask, but in a sense, it's, it's kind of it's hypothetical. It's disconnected from our present reality, right? And please, that, that it would stay disconnected from our present reality, that we're never actually put in that situation. But that question, you know, would I be able to do that, is kind of disconnected from, from the reality that we're living right now, right? I think maybe we could, we could phrase it in a little bit of a different way that kind of makes it hit more close to home. Instead of, would I be willing to die for Jesus? Rather, am I right now willing to live for Jesus? It's the same question. See, for these people, for the brothers, for these martyrs, these saints, the faith wasn't just this thing, they, it wasn't words, first of all. It wasn't just something they said. It was something they did. And it wasn't something they did just once a week. It wasn't this kind of add-on to their life. It wasn't this extracurricular activity that they tacked on. It wasn't something that they did to feel good, to feel satisfied. It wasn't something that they just turned to whenever things were bad, when things got difficult, then they ran to the faith. For them... The faith was everything. For them, the faith was the very core of their existence. It was the thing that gave meaning to their entire lives. Without the faith, there was nothing. No purpose, no meaning, no nothing without the faith. And where does that kind of faith come from? Where does, that doesn't just appear out of nowhere. That kind of faith that, that becomes defining, that gives meaning to everything that we do, that becomes the core of our lives... 
We can only have that in the here and now if we fully believe the promises that are held out to us. That there is a coming age. That there is a resurrection. That there is life after death. That we will rise from the present struggles of this world. That that we're utterly convinced that all of this is absolutely true. And that God really does offer that promise to us. And that he will fulfill that promise. The brothers in the first reading knew this. They said, cut them off. Take them. I have hope. And I have faith. I know that I'm going to receive them back. The question I think we should ask ourselves today is that question. Am I willing to live for Jesus right now? Not hypothetically, not in the what-ifs, but in the decisions that we make every single day. Am I willing to live for Jesus? Not kind of being caught up in the details. In the Gospel, the Sadducees asked Jesus this question. They didn't really care about the answer to the question. They got caught up in these details, and they're they're just trying to prove their point. Not being caught up in all the things, but getting to the core of the matter. Am I willing to live for Jesus in everything? And if not, where do I hesitate? Where do I hold back? Where am I afraid to do that? Do I even want to at all? The faith shows us again and again and again and again and again that those who bank their lives on him, on him alone, will never be put to shame, ever. God is a God who always, without question, fulfills his promises. And the faith is not just an escape. It's not something that we kind of do to make ourselves feel better. But it, it's, a, it's a real vision into reality. And that's a reality that we can trust. The little decisions that we make every day reveal what our faith actually is. The decisions that we make can, can lead us deeper and deeper into that reality. Live for him in everything. And he, without, quit, without fail, will not disappoint. He always fulfills the promises that he makes to his people.